Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on, give it up for Jesus this morning. Give Him your best real quick. If you believe He's faithful, come on, give it up to Him right now. Come on, give Him your best. Lord, we love you. We thank you. You're worthy of praise. It is going to be a great day in God's house. We had someone give their life to Christ first service. Come on, we don't know about online, but somebody in the room said yes to heaven, yes to Jesus, and that's amazing. And uh, God is already doing some awesome things. We had, uh, we have a great day today. Uh, many of you know Pastor Dan. He is our student pastor, and he also leads all of our elementary uh, student class and uh, student ministry. Yeah. Man, we love Pastor Dan. He is amazing. And um, they had, we had Camp 45 this week. Team 45 is a, is a team. Uh, I mean, even though we have teams all over the church that serve, and thank you so much for being on team here. We couldn't do any of this if you weren't uh, on a team and jumping in. We have a great teams, but we ha- also have a team of fourth and fifth graders that help lead in the garage every week their peers, and that room is uh, first and fifth grade, and these guys lead connect groups. They lead uh, worship. They lead different types of ministries there, production, all types of stuff in that room. And one of the core values of our church is the next generation. And so we had Camp 45, Team 45. We had all these students. Come on up, guys. Give these guys a hand as they come. They gave three days of their week. Come on. High fives. Come on, everybody. Keep giving them a hand as they come. High five, dude. Don't leave me hanging. What's up? Come on, come on, come on. High fives. Oh, you're not. High fives. Come on. Give me some. I got to get some love. Come on. We're going to pray over these guys. Man, look at all these guys. Awesome. Come on, man, right there. The, we had these guys and then some amazing interns that really led camp this year. And um, it's not just, I mean, there's, it wasn't just like go to camp, have fun, do some games. They really learned about Jesus, but not just that, also learned about leading. And so I'm just so proud of you guys for, for your sacrifice. Three days last week, paid families. Some of y'all paid to have your kids there. And, and some of our code, we have a code as, as leaders here for all of our teams. And there's, there's eight of them, and they went through three of the code. And uh, one of the code is live for the long game. And so they learned what it means to live for a long game, that you can do more over a long period of time than you can a short period of time. A lot of times we overestimate what we can do in a short period of time and underestimate what God can do in a long period of time. So we're teaching them about uh, delayed gratification and, and live for the long game, serving God your whole life. Uh, they also learned about uh, one of our code is give away the keys. And so if you're on a team here, you've probably heard that, give away the keys, meaning that we empower others. We, we give authority away. We, we give these guys leadership in a garage. Like we're con- continually giving away the keys. And I'm so proud of how you guys worship. Can I tell you that they worship louder than some of y'all? They were sitting behind me. And I'm like, oh, these guys are worshiping by- strong. And uh, so we, we give them the keys, and uh, they learned about that. And then the last uh, point that we, they learned, one of our code, um, and they're going to say it after me, is one team, one team, one score. Uh, that's one of our core values or codes for our serve team, that we're all one team. If I win, you win. If you win, I win. We all, we're all in this together. And so I'm just so proud of them. We're going to pray over them and uh, believe God for them to change our church. Come on, they're already changing our church. They're changing that garage. They're changing some of your families. And uh, they're going to they're gonna be world changers and, and city changers and really uh, devil chasers. And so let's pray for them, uh, for God to use them. Father, we thank you for every single... Would you stretch your hands towards them? We thank you for...
you for every single one of these young leaders, God. We thank you that your word says he who desires to be a leader desires a good thing. I pray for uh, a godly ambition all the days of their life, that they desire to lead things for the calling and the kingdom of God. I thank you that none of the enemy's plan could stop them. They'd never be discouraged, disappointed, or, or, or afraid. They wouldn't shrink back. You said that the righteous are as bold as a lion, and so these young people would be lions in this day and age, that they wouldn't be confused about their identity, who they are, that nothing in the, the system of culture, no spear of the world could have them, God, that they would live for the long game, serving you until the day they see you face to face, and they would bring as many people to heaven as they could in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, give it up for these young people right here. We love y'all. Y'all can go and follow Pastor Dan. Come on, God is good. We are pumped to see the next gen of leaders being raised up. We also have some great interns uh, that they're serving this summer. And then we, every year in the summer, we do something called Student Takeover. And so if you're new to our community, on July the 2nd, July 4th weekend, uh, we're gonna have all the students preaching and leading and, and leading worship. And so just showing uh, just how the next gen is, is serving there. And then at the end of July, we do something called Five and Five, where five different communicators preach up here in five minutes. And so that's gonna be awesome as well. Uh, let's jump into the word. Y'all ready for the word today? Uh, do you guys believe there are 7,000 promises for you in the scriptures? There are 7,000 promises that are directly to you that you can actually appropriate and have in your life. And obviously, the enemy does not want you to have those promises. He doesn't want you to uh, believe that you can take territory or have a promised land. Many of you are saved, and you believe you're saved from your sin, but you don't believe you're saved for a promise. You don't think you're good enough yet or worthy enough. You're like, oh, I'm just still in the works. God has promises for all these better Christians, but they aren't really necessarily for me because I'm not good enough yet. That's not the case. Satan would try to get you to believe that over and over, and the devil would try to trespass on your promise. He always does. And last week or two weeks ago, we looked at really the scriptural jurisdiction you have, theological jurisdiction that Satan can't just march up into your family, can't just march up into your business, can't just march up into your land and camp out. He's not allowed to do that. And so you have authority through scripture. Uh, we've been looking at uh, Numbers 13 and 14 at, at the spies and at Caleb and the promised land and Joshua. And uh, last week we, we, we talked about, uh, I'm getting my joy back. We talked about, uh, or I'm getting my confidence back. I'm going to take my confidence back. I said it, um, it was amazing. I, I said the title and preached um, in second, all three services, but second service, I was in the back lobby, and after I'd preached, uh, today I'm getting my confidence back. I hope it helps some of you guys, and um, if not, it helped one person. She came up to me in the lobby, and she said, uh, I just want you to know, I was on, on my way to church today, and I was, looked at my husband, and I said to him, I've lost my confidence. And she's looking at me with tears. She goes, and then you say, today my title is, I'm getting my confidence back. She, and, uh, and her husband looked at her in the middle of the message. He goes, I think everything he's going to say is for you today. You know? And, and so God, Holy Spirit has good aim. And um, he's going to aim at your heart today. And I believe that he's going to do some things. I want to make a declaration today. And uh, in this next part of our series, Boot Camp, uh, dealing with the enemy, dealing with promises, uh, dealing with being soldiers for God, um, I want to say this, and I want you to help me. I want you to say, uh, today, today, I'm getting my joy back. I'm getting my joy back today. I'm getting my joy back. I think we've done too much life without joy. Maybe you've done too much work without joy. Maybe you've done too much family without joy. Maybe you've done uh, too much church without joy. Maybe you've been faking the smile too long. Maybe you've been in a situation or a process, and I just believe that today would be a day that you could get your joy back. The Bible talks about a man named Caleb, and 
the different spirit that he had, that this man had a different spirit, that God noticed him because of a different spirit, that he got to take the hold of the promise because of a different spirit. In chapter 13, Numbers 1, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Literally, God says, I'm giving it. Not, I will give it, like I might give it. He says, I'm giving this land to the children of Israel, to my kids, I'm giving the land. And then verse 14, or chapter 14, verse 1, All the congregation complained, We know the story. They all complained. They wanted to go back to slavery. We've all been a slave of something at some point in our life. They want to go backwards. But Joshua and Caleb, verse 6, but Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. They, They begin to talk about the promise. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. The land which flows with milk and honey. It's a, it's a land, it's a good land, milk and honey. They begin to recount it. They're talking about what God said. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. Do not fear the people of the land. Do not fear the giants. Stop fearing all this, for they are our bread. For they are our bread. My title for today is this. The promise is in the process. The promise, your promise is in the process. A secondary title that you could write down is, it's a piece of cake. They are our bread. It's a piece of cake, y'all. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for um, your spirit. Thank you for your leadership in our life. Thank you that uh, you have 7,000 promises that we have been afforded through your son, Jesus. Thank you for a different spirit today. I pray for anybody that's ready to run from giants, Lord, would be encouraged today. I pray for anybody that's lost their joy would get their joy back today in a supernatural way, in Jesus' name, amen? Uh, I've got a box of cake up here. It's a piece of cake. It's a piece of cake. Caleb said, the giants are our bread, and so I like cake. Anybody like cake? This is my favorite type right here, super moist Dunkin', oh no, Betty Crocker, super moist butter yellow recipe cake. Come on, somebody. My wife makes this right here. She actually takes the German chocolate caramel icing with the pecans in it and mixes it into the yellow cake batter and and cooks the icing in the batter and then puts that on top. Yeah, it's Beatty's in a box, diabetes in a box, somebody. It is not, it is, it is, it is, eat it once a year. I tell her, I'm like, babe, why'd you make that again? I love you, but I don't like you right now because you'll make me eat that. It's always her fault, right? You made me eat it. I got a, I got a good workout partner friend here and we always work out. He's like, did you, how'd you do on your diet? I was like, man, I only had that much of the cake. He's like, dude, nobody has that much, man. That's a lie. I'm like, all right, you got me. I love cake. Here's the thing. This box, when you go into the grocery store, on the package, it is faced like this outward on the shelves. Every single box of cake, every single product. The, the picture is on the outside facing you. Um, the, you buy the box of cake because of the picture on the front of the package. You, you buy it because of what that looks like. That's amazing. You walk up, you never buy it. They never advertise it with this part of the box facing outward. They don't do that because you don't, you don't buy in because of the process. The process is on the back of the box, but you buy in because of the promise or the picture on the front of the box. You buy into the promise God has for you because it's a land of milk and honey. It's a good land. We don't necessarily want the process, but we want what's on the front of the box. We want the promise, but in order to get the promise, you have to commit to the process. The promise depends on the process. You can't have the beautiful cake on the front, and usually God shows you the promise without showing you the process because he has to trick you. 
Come on, has anybody ever been tricked by God in here? Come on, show it. Anybody been tricked by God? Uh-huh. If you're married or own a pool, you know what I'm talking about. You, you, you saw the pictures of the white wedding and the, and the great balloons and the big cake and you saw the little white picket fences and you saw the little two and a half kids and the animals and the dogs and you saw what it would look like to have a pool in the backyard. Oh, it's beautiful. And then, and then all of a sudden, a few years into the job and the kids and the finances and the stress and the, and the diagnosis and the pain and the different things. You're like, man, I, I bought in because of the promise, but it seems like the process is a lot more evident right now. We usually buy in because of the promise. Yes, God. Yes, God. But we usually quit because of the process. I'm I just here to confess to you. I'm great with the promise, but I'm not always good with the process. And you can write this down. You're, you, you receive the promise through the process. You and I both want a promise from God, and I think a lot of us have lost our joy in the process. We go through the motions, we go through the process, and it's easy sometimes. I know at times I've lost my joy because of the process, and we see two million plus people not getting the promise of God because they walk away from the spirit of Caleb, the, the joy, the strength. And this is what it says in Numbers 14, 23, and 24. Not one of them, this is God speaking, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors. What are you talking about, God? You promised it on oath. You promised it to our families and to our children and to our marriages. You promised it. What do you mean no one's gonna see it? No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. So there's this condition. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land which he went to and his descendants will inherit it. He says, no one will inherit the land, the promised land. God, this doesn't seem fair. God, what do you mean I don't get the promise? You promised it on oath. No one that's treating me with contempt will get to see the promise. You mean your promises are conditional? Yeah. Here's the thing about God. His love is unconditional, but his promises are conditional oftentimes. That as a father, as a good parent, like my love for all my children is unconditional. Not, not, nothing in, my, in their world or my world could ever uh, disconnect me from my love for my children. But the promises I have for them, come on, they conditional somebody. Like you ain't getting the car if your chores don't get done. You're not getting the, the extra cash if you aren't being nice. There's a, if you don't have character or trust or you don't obey, there's, there's some conditions. And so it's the same with God. He says, you're not gonna get this land because you have shown me contempt. What is contempt? I think it's very simple. Contempt is where you've been through so many problems and so much pain and so much process, you've just quit believing that he could do anything good. If you ever get con, you know, contempt in a marriage or contempt in a job, or contempt, you, just, you just quit believing anything good about them, right? You just quit believing that, they can, that their word is good. And so these people had been through so much, been through the wilderness, been through slavery, been through seeing God do so much, but been through so much, they just believed that the good news had become old news. That's contempt. They just, they just lose their joy or walk away from their joy, they begin to complain. And here's my heart for me today and for you. I pray that God would bypass our spirit and give us a spirit of Caleb. Would give us, we're a well-able spirit. Like we can do it, spirit. This spirit of, of joy, like a different attitude. Caleb got God's attention somehow because of this spirit in him. It said Caleb was one of a different spirit. And Caleb didn't see it like the rest. He didn't see it like you and me sometimes. Like Caleb walked into the same land, the same giants, the same territory, the same situation, and saw it totally different than everybody else. 
Could it be that joy walks into the same job, the same church, the same house, the same marriage, the same situation, and responds and sees it totally different than everybody else? There's this spirit of Caleb that I have to get. Caleb gets down in his heart. They all begin to complain, and Caleb goes, shh. Come on, you're, you're, about, you're on summer, anybody, summer vacation, you gotta just get everybody to shh, and we love each other. Shh. We're well able to enjoy the beach. Shh. We're, anybody, anybody, come on, many parents been out to dinner? <laughs> Got the kids like, we're blessed. Shh. Like, like there's this different spirit, like, like, hey, come on, shh. Caleb silences everybody, and he's got this urgency, and he's like, we can do it. It's just this different spirit that joy carries. Ten spies see it wrong and have the wrong spirit. Two men see it right and have the right spirit. Joy walks into the same situation and sees it different. Here's what, here's what Joy does. Caleb says, God's never lied to us. It's a good land. It's a good promise. I know there's giants. I know there's problems. God's never lied. He's never, he's never failed us. Like God's got this. If he delights in us, we're good. He begins to say what God says. Here's my question. How did the other spies lose their certainty? How did they lose it? How did you lose your certainty? Abraham had the promise 850 years before this moment with Caleb. 850 years had passed for this promised land. How much time goes by before you quit believing? How much time goes by before I quit believing? What allows me to begin to see God and get uh, contemptuous with him and think, oh, God, you're not going to do it. What, what allows me to go from certain to cynical? I don't know. Here's these spies. They were certain. Little kids had prayed for years. God's going to give us a promised land, and God is with us, and God does all this, and then they get to this one bad report, this one negative word from these men, and two million people go from certain to cynical, and they lose their joy, and they lose the promise. Here's the thing. I don't think you lose joy. I think you walk away from it. I think you decide that I'm not going to believe everything about who God says he is. And you begin to buy in and I begin to buy into a lie that the enemy throws my way. And I begin to walk away from joy sometimes. And I just think joy is this different spirit. And I'm going to give you a little illustration today about baking. I'm not a very good baker. I think promise is going to help me. He's going to bring out uh, this. I got a, I got a cart with all these different baking ingredients on it. Thank you. Promise. Come on, give promise a hand. We love this guy. Love you, man. Come on. Doesn't he do awesome every week? Tell us what's going on, man. It's your boy, Promise. I love it. <laughs> Somewhere in Hebrews. You know what I'm talking about. I love that. Joy is a lot like a piece of cake. It's a lot like baking cake. And I, I think when I think about baking, I'm not a very good baker, but there's a, there's a process to baking. I'm one of those impatient bakers. Anybody? Come on. I'll just set the oven to what I want to set it to. I'll substitute ingredients. Anybody? Like, we don't have it. I don't want to go to Kroger. I'm lazy. Just get that. Almond milk will work. Nah. You know, I'll, I'll do, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll set the timer. Like, yeah, 350 degrees will work. My wife's like, it's supposed to be like 425. I'm like, I'll bring it out a little later. Keep it in there an extra 30. You know what I'm talking about? Here's the, here's the thing when it comes to baking, like, like it takes faith to bake. It, it takes faith to walk in joy. It takes faith. Like I, I want to get your faith up for a minute. Cause like no one ever looks at the front of this box and goes, I just don't know if it's going to turn out. I just don't know if I can do it. You never walk down the aisle and buy into the promise and the beauty on the front of the box and go, I just, it says 350 degrees. I don't, I can't do it. 
But, but you look at the back of the box and you look at ingredients that look nothing like this. You look at all different types of things and different types of apparatuses and different types of instructions and different heats and different temperatures and different time frames. You look at all that and somehow in your heart you go, I can get that. I can have it. And it doesn't look like anything that's on the back of this thing. It takes faith to begin to go, you know what? I'll get the cake. It's going to taste great. My wife's going to make it. She does this. It's our favorite. It's amazing. There's this faith talk. That's all Joshua and Caleb do in the middle of giants, in the middle of the process, in the middle of the heat, in the middle of the mixture, in the middle of being beaten uh, to, to, to death by a blender. In the middle of all that, Joshua and Caleb go, there's giants. Yes, but, but it's a land of milk and honey. It's Duncan Hines, somebody. And faith begins to say what God says. Faith begins to have this spirit about it. And it takes faith to walk in joy. I know it, it, they see there's giants. You can be discouraged. You can find a problem in every opportunity. I get it. But maybe faith begins to find the solution in the problem. It finds the strategy in the midst of the problem. Maybe you see the giants and go, I know there's giants, but there's a solution somewhere. There's a word from God somewhere. There's a friend somewhere. There's someone to pray for me somewhere. There's something somewhere. We can take the land. Two little boys were in this room at Christmas, and they wanted to do an experiment, and they began to watch them. They filled the room up to the boys' knees with, cow, with horse manure. There was just horse crap all the way up to their knees at Christmas. Two little boys are in the room. One little boy gets ticked off. He thinks that's all he's going to get for Christmas. And he goes over and he sits in the corner and he pouts and he's angry for like an hour. For that whole entire hour, the other little boy's just digging tunnels. Just diving in. Taking all the poop and putting it on one side of the room. And then taking all of it and shoveling it to the other side of the room. And just burrowing in. <laughs> in the end, they're like, what in the world were you doing, man? You look so happy in the middle of all that. He goes, man, with all this horse crap, there's bound to be a pony somewhere. <laughs> I just, that's just, that's faith, right? With, with all that I'm going through, with all that's happening, God's got to have a promise or a pony or something somewhere. I know this looks crazy, but this is good land, and God's brought me to the edge of this. I'm here to tell somebody, God's brought you to the edge of this promise. He's brought you to the land. He knew giants were going to be there. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. Get your faith up. Begin to say it like God says it. Your tongue is the elevator that gets doubt or faith in your heart. Begin to say what God says and rest and listen to God. Caleb says, man, we can take the land. And he looks and everyone grumbles and he sees this promised land and he says, it's a good land. And then he makes this statement. This is what I want to camp out on the rest of the day. He says, hey, don't be scared of giants. They are bread to us. They are food to us. It's a it's a piece of cake. It's a piece of cake that they, they feed us, that they are food to us. Write this down. The fight is your food. The, the fight is your food. The battle is what sustains you. The fight that you're facing, God counted you worthy to stand the test. The battle, what is bread? Bread is sustenance. Bread is strength. Caleb says, the giants, they feed me. What he's saying is there's a promise in the process, my question to you and me is what feeds you? What feeds you? Here's Joshua and Caleb have been a part of a community that had been in slavery for 380 plus years. There was a famine in the land and God knew he had to get them fed. So there's children that needed to be fed. So God gets them to Egypt to this place where a Pharaoh can feed them in the middle of famine. So now they've been in slavery and all they've known is food from the hand of Pharaoh in the middle of famine. 
They begin to cry out to God. God delivers them from this slavery. They go out into the wilderness to worship God. They begin to worship, and manna begins to fall from heaven. God begins to feed them. God weans them from being fed from Pharaoh to being fed from manna from heaven. They're in their tent. Simply, the hand of heaven feeds them, and they reach out every day and bring manna into the tent. Remember when you first got saved and prayed, and everything happened? Heaven just opened. Manna! It's like, you know, Wow. And then you've been saved for a few years and now you're mature and you're growing up in the things of God and now God feeds you with a fight. And you're wondering, God, I prayed for food, but you gave me a fight. I don't get it because he's trying to wean you. We're watching God's kids get into a process of being weaned from a certain type of food. When God's kids got closer to the promised land, the manna stopped coming from heaven. God was trying to get them to a different sustenance, a new level of living, when to bring them into a land that flowed with milk and honey, not a manna that flowed from heaven. God's saying, I won't give it to you if I've gifted you to build it. Many times you're praying for God to give you something. He's gifted you to build, and you're seeing the fight to build the process on the back. You're going, God, I just don't know. There's too many giants, too many problems. God has gifted you, and he's trying to wean you. We see the Israelites being weaned, and they begin to scream, cry, complain, and we can't do it. If you've ever watched a baby being weaned from a mother's milk, you, you know that process. Being weaned is painful. It's disruptive. It's crying. It's screaming. Come on, any parents seen a baby weaned? And they go from the, from the mother's milk to where? To the high chair, right? What happens in the high chair? They begin to throw stuff and slap food and taste stuff and ah, Making faces. And you're, they're being weaned. And then they go from the high chair to the kitty table. And their food begins to be cut up for them. And, and here, here's the question. It's disruptive. How do you respond when God's trying to feed you with a new method? How do, how do I respond when God's trying to take me to a new level? If, God, if you watch the child at certain ages being weaned, yeah, it makes sense. But if you're 10, 15, 20, 25, 35, 45, 55, and you're still going, yeah. And God's still having to play airplane with you. Uh, I mean, something's wrong with the parent and the child if someone's 20 getting to airplane. <laughs> Come on, Sierra, open up. It's, it, God's having to, it's joy today. Come on. Come on, open up. It's connect group. Make some Christian friends and sign up in the lobby. Open up. Zoom. Just get on a serve team and serve your local church because you really make a difference. Zoom. It's ridiculous. Like, God, God shouldn't have to be playing airplane with you to get you to the next level. We have to go from milk to meat. You have to get to a new level. But it, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that literally he says it's the fight that actually feeds you. What has God asked you to stand and fight that you've taken the easy way out on? What has God asked you? If you'll, if you'll face it, it'll feed you. If you'll fight it, it'll feed your family. If you'll battle it, it'll be bread and sustenance and part of your story. I know it doesn't make sense when you begin to bake and I begin to bake, but God's saying, I've got something for you. The process is what produces the promise in your life. I'm usually good with the promise, but I struggle with the process. Like I said, I get impatient and I get all these different ingredients and it just doesn't make sense in life sometimes. I begin to bake and God, you told me I'm gonna have this beautiful picture of a, of a life, of a, of a marriage, of a, of a business, but God, I, I, all I can see right now is just 
broken stuff. And I don't, I don't even know how to get the shells out. <laughs> no, I God, you said I was going to be able to have a good marriage or a, a strong business. You made me these promises, and I get this ingredients. Ingredients are like a season. I just, just a bunch of, just a bunch of butter. Like this, just, I mean, when I was a baby, I might eat that, but that's disgusting. Lord, what is that? What season is this? Just, just warm, nasty butter. You know, a lot of these ingredients, if you eat by themselves, will even kill you. God, you said that I'm going to have this beautiful cake, but I got warm milk. Like it's been sitting out. I'm supposed to put this in the bowl. And, and then, and then God, I'm going to, I'm going to begin to have to mix all this up. There's a little sugar. There's a little, God, this is not, this is disgusting, Lord. You promised me this cake and then there's baking powder. Don't get me started. This is the nastiest thing in the whole, in the whole ingredient. You ever tasted this stuff on its own? But this is the very thing that makes the cake rise. And some of you are saying, I don't understand this season. I don't understand this ingredient. I don't understand. You're never going to understand why until you know who. You're never, you're never going to get the ingredients. And many of you are looking at the ingredients as zeroing in on a single ingredient going, I just don't get this season. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And I feel so confined and I feel claustrophobic and I feel like I'm in this oven and I feel like I'm being just beaten to death by this, this blender and just a little whisk. My life is just whisked away. You know, I don't know. God, I just, I don't have my joy because you promised God and I got flour and flour has to be ground and stomped until it's fine. And I feel like I've been just refined. God, I don't know what to do. God, I don't have joy. I'm zeroing in on this. Can I tell you that joy is a byproduct? Joy is not the product. Joy is a byproduct of knowing the chef, of knowing that God's making something, cooking something, baking something, that I know it doesn't feel like it makes sense. And I know the ingredients that you would discard, God never wastes. The ingredients that you would throw away, God actually puts in the bowl and begins to blend together and put some stuff, and it doesn't taste right. But, but to get your joy back, it's like not why, it's who. The Bible says in Romans 13, 15, that you would have hope and joy from knowing Jesus. See, it's a byproduct. The fruits of the spirit come from a tree. There's, there's a tree. There's got to be a root. There's, a, there's fruit, but there has to be a root. There's a byproduct. Psalm 1611 says the, the goodness of the, the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. Uh, Philippians 4, 4 says, I rejoice in the Lord. I have joy. It's connected. My joy is connected to the who? Not the individual ingredients that taste disgusting. There's this promise, God. I don't understand it. But God, maybe you're still cooking something. Maybe you're still baking something. Maybe you're turning the heat up because ultimately you have something for my life that's going to look a whole lot like this one day. That's red velvet right there, somebody. That's, that's heavenly manna. And, and by the way, Jordan, when I say I had a little bit, this is the size that I'm referring to. <laughs> Like that much. Here's the thing. I, I didn't trick any of you. I mean, it's, you know, it's good. Pull a cake out. Bunch of ingredients up here. Cart with a little cloth over it. It's like, I didn't fool you. Probably you began to deduce that there were ingredients up here that I was mixing into a bowl kind of drastically and dramatically. And then I was going to reach under the table and pull out a cake. Nobody was fooled. So my question is, why do you think in the season that you thought would kill you, God would never bring a cake out? Why do you feel like 
and the thing that you've gone through and the heat and the, and the pain and the struggles, why do you think that God wasn't cooking something, baking something, creating something, doing something, working something, building something? Why do you feel like that God has abandoned you? Why have you lost your joy when the reality is you just need to get to know the who? How do I get my joy back? Take the apron off, put down the tools, let go of the blender, quit, quit trying to get all the shells out. Just be responsible for the ingredients. God, i got a different spirit and you're the chef. I know you. Would you make something out of the things I would discard for your glory and your honor, oh God? I know it doesn't taste good, but God, I know it's going to one day. The bitterest thing in the bunch is what actually makes the thing life, the rise to life. The thing that you thought would kill you, God actually says it's what's actually raising your life up to his promise. It's getting his story on the scene for your life, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to taste so good to so many people. I want to pray for you today. If, you've, if, you, if you're in a place where you've lost joy or you're about to quit on the cake, or you're in a place where you've zeroed in on one ingredient, and you felt like, God, I... I don't know how anything good can come from this. God doesn't discard the things we would. God's never baked a bad cake. He's, he's never wasted an ingredient of pain, hurt, struggle. Never. And he's not about to waste one of those ingredients in your life today. And if you're in this place, I'm going to ask you in a minute. We're going to bow our heads. I'm going to pray for you. But you heard Pastor Justin say it today. Some of you've run from something. He said, Jonah, some of you've run from the fight. You've run from working on the marriage. You've run from working on the friendship. You've run from working on the addiction. You've run from giving it to God. You've run from trusting him for the dream that was in your heart. You're, you've run from believing him for anything good. You've run from some things. And today, I want you to run back to him as the chef of your life. Like, God, you can make something out of this. You can make some sense from this. And that's how you and I get joy back. Going, okay, I need to sit with the chef. I need to hear the chef. I need to. Let the chef be in charge of the recipe. Come on, it's not your recipe. It's God's recipe. Someone came up to me after first service and said, I have a friend going through cancer. They need to hear this today, that there's, they beat cancer and now it's come back. Come on, there's things that we can't control. We don't have to. He's the chef. I'm responsible for how I handle the ingredients. He's responsible for how he puts them together. And create something that I can't create. Would you bow your heads with me and your eyes with me today? Shut your eyes. Father, thank you so much for today. If you're watching online, we're here with you. You're part of our church family. If you're in this room, you say, you know what? Pastor, I've run from the thing I should have fought. I've, I've lost some joy. I've actually began to quit on the cake. I've began to quit on the process. But I understand today, if I'll face it, it'll feed me. If I'll fight it, it'll feed me. It'll sustain me. There's some bread in this battle that I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. If that's you, no one looking around, I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you're watching online, just say, pray for me. I've, I've wanted to quit on the king. I've, I've wanted to quit on the battle. If you're in this room, you say, I've lost some joy. I need to get some joy back. I've focused in on an ingredient and I've wanted to quit on this thing. I don't know what it is for you. Would you just put your hand up to me? I'm not going to quit. I'm going to stick it out. I'm not going to quit on the king or the cake he's making. I'm going to believe God for good in my life. I need a different spirit today. Come on, just for another second. I need a different spirit in that situation. I need a little attitude check. I'm well able. I'm, I'm capable because God is my God. If you're watching online, just type in right now. Pray for me. I'm, I'm not quitting. Father, you see hands in this room. Lord, we just declare right now there might be giants, but we're getting our faith up today because you're a faithful God. You're the chef. We're not. You've got the recipe. We don't. So God, we trust you to bake it up, cook it, 
Heat it to what you need to heat it to. Mix it together, Lord. Get the shells out. Put everything you need to put into it and do what you do, oh God, because you're the great master. You're the great I am. You're the, you're the great healer. Every hand that went up, Lord, that's ready to quit, I pray you would strengthen them with your spirit and godly community. Strengthen them with friends in this room today. Strengthen them through your word today, Lord. Let their faith rise to the challenge. You've trusted them to be worthy to take the promised land. The fact that you see giants is the fact that God's answering the prayer for that promise. The fact that a giant is on the scene is a fact that God's about to give you the thing you've prayed for. Do not let doubt or discouragement or fear chase you from what God said you can walk into and have. Father, I thank you for your house, for an army, for a boot camp, for people taking promises and taking joy as a byproduct of knowing you. I prayed we'd know you more today. Just for another second, if you're in this room and you never given your life to Jesus. I mean, really surrendered to him. The Bible says it's as simple as this. Believing that God raised him from the dead, confessing that he is God, believing on your heart and confessing him with your mouth. It's that easy. The Bible says that Jesus lived a perfect life, that he took care of every giant. He took charge of all the all the sin and death and beat the devil, did all that, took it to a cross, took my sin, my mistakes, my shame, my pain, all my failure, past, present, and future, nailed it to a tree that I could never pay for, paid my debt and died, and then rose from the dead to give me a fresh start, a brand new life filled with the Spirit, a brand new life to walk in relationship with God. If you're in this room today and you know you're not walking with Jesus that way, he's not your Lord and Savior, I don't mean religion or rules. I don't even mean church. I mean, you've never surrendered to him and believed that he died on a tree for your sin and then rose from the dead to give you new life. Today's your day. I'm gonna pray for you. You don't have to clean yourself up or fix yourself. The Bible says if you'd make Jesus your leader and Lord and believe that he's God, you get a fresh start in God today. If you're watching online right now and you need a fresh start, would you just type in right now, fresh start. We wanna pray with you right now. And then if you're in this room, I'm not gonna embarrass you or bring you forward or stand you up. But if you would put your hand up to me and say, Pastor, I need a fresh start in God. I'm ready to give my life to him. Maybe for the first time or maybe for the 10th time. I don't know, but you know you need to come back to Jesus. Would you put your hand up high right now to me? Pray for me. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your courage. Come on, I see that. I see that. Awesome. Come on, I need Jesus. I can't defeat these giants. (laughs) I need the one that defeated him on that tree. Come on, hands in the room, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, church. Let's pray real quick. I'm going to pray a prayer. If you didn't put your hand up and need to, pray this prayer with me right now. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you live perfect, that you are God, that you were God, that you took all my sin, all my shame, all my guilt. You nailed it to a tree. You took all that regret. You defeated the devil. You defeated sin. You defeated death. And you rose from the grave on the third day. And you give me a brand new heart today. One that can be in relationship with the heavenly father, a new father. And you give me a new spirit to walk with you the rest of my life and serve you in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God praise in this place. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.